Welcome back to another episode of Damn Viola. Are you wearing a bra? Are you? You wearing a bra, Viola? They should have never gave you niggas money. You only button the top three buttons on his shirt. That's crazy. Son hasn't tied a pair of shoes in so long because all he wears is loafers. Why itself, by the way. And his ankles is showing. Pause. Try to be like John Salvatore, ladies and gentlemen. Present good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is now time. The one and only. There never will be another. You're listening to the John Effect Podcast. This is episode 270. New listeners, welcome. Returning listeners, welcome back. I am your host, John Salvatore Mackey, a.k.a. Jamal Cena, your master of ceremonies, Cuban Roast in the Flesh, the podcast quarterback, Fidel Cashflow, the Afro-Latino Ryan Reynolds on these hoes, Mr. Carte Blanche himself, the young OG, Cheekbone Jones, three-button poppy, Olivia Pope, BKA, being hot gets you the MVP, staying hot gets you Hall of Fame, and you guys know I'm gunning for that, but anyways, let's get into it, let's get it, let's go, let's knock out some housekeeping, guys, follow me on Twitter, at John EFX. I'm also on other forms of social media. You can follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, The John Effect. If Facebook is your thing, go over to facebook.com forward slash The John Effect Podcast. Also, you can listen to this podcast on a few different platforms. Of course, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Google Podcasts, if that's your thing. You can listen on Spotify. You can listen on Stitcher. You can listen on iHeartRadio. You can listen on Overcast. You can listen on Anchor. You can listen on Acast. You can listen on Radio Republic. There are so many places that you can listen to this show. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And when you're listening to the show and you want to live tweet it, Use the hashtag PodQB. Also, when you see the links for the show on your timeline, retweet those. It it helps the show gain traction. It helps potential new listeners. Also, press the heart icon. Y'all liking everything else? Like my tweets with the show. Again, it pops up in your timeline. New eyes, potential new listeners. I'm all for it. Um, so there is a new review. Um, so. Apple Podcast guys, write a review, rate the show four or five stars. And remember, on Spotify, you can rate the show. Yeah, you can rate the show. So let's read our review for this week. And I want to thank this person for such a glowing review. This actually comes from Eric of the Hung Up Podcast, um, who was featured and made their debut on, or their John Effect podcast debut earlier this year with When I Was 17. And Eric will be back for This Is 30 um, and pre-pre-production of that. So I'm going to start recording that um, 
towards the end of this month into the summer. So he gave me five stars. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Eric. John is truly one of the realest podcasters that's been in the game. I love his energy and I've had a chance to collaborate. I'm a fan. Keep delivering this good content. 100 emoji. Eric, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Like I say all the time, I appreciate my peers for showing up and, you know, the kind words because we're all, con a lot of us are content creators and, you know, sometimes we're, we have tunnel vision where it's just, we're focused on us, 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 but we're also a part of a community. So for those that always, especially content creators that take time out of their schedules to listen or to check out the show or to, you know, say glowing things, I really appreciate that. I, I really do. I'm a fan of what Eric does in the podcast or what he brings to the podcast landscape. So when we recorded um, the end of last year for when I was 17, like it was one of those things, a light bulb went off and I was like, I really dig what this guy does. It's different from when you listen to a podcast versus when you actually get to interact with someone that you're a fan of. So, you know, Eric, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, some more housekeeping. So here's the thing. I have been doing this podcast for six years. By the grace of God, thank you so much because initially they said, oh, you won't last six weeks. And then it was, oh, you won't last six months. Well, motherfucker, I'm here. And it's six years later. Six years in the game and it's, keeps getting better that would be my tagline if i was like on a reality show or whatever like yes i would i would have this really intense face or what have you but yes six years in the game because here's the thing and i'm not being funny not being shady it is what it is like i say all the time podcasting is hard if not for the faint of heart you're either gonna make it you're gonna you're gonna last the test of time or you're going to implode or you're going to drop off I've been in this game for a minute and I have seen a lot of my peers and, and even peer adjacents, if that's a word, start, take a break, not come back or drop two or three episodes and be done. And it, it, it takes a lot. It takes dedication. Like this is like a, 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 a part-time gig because here's the thing. It's just me. I'm solo dolo. Of course, I have Rain and I have Jackie for Gay Side Stories Reimagined. And I have Jackie and John, you know, a show within the show. But the producing of the show, the recording of the show, the promotion of the show, that it, this is a one man army over here, baby. It, it is a lot that I do. And, you know, I, I wear that hat proudly. I am a podcast host slash producer. And, you know, I am thankful that I still have the same passion six years into the game that I had, you know, the first six months. So I'm, I'm thankful for that to be put on my spirit. And every time around, you know, the anniversary time, the show after the anniversary is always like, oh, my God, what do I really talk about? Because usually I go in. And I really open up when it comes to anniversary time. And this was no exception. 
go listen to last week's episode. It was very emotional. I remember recording with those guys, and it was emotional, and it was just like, oh my god, I, I, I sit back, and I'm like, I have done this. Like, I can't believe I've done this, because if you would have asked me year one, I would have said, I'll probably do this for a couple of years. And then I remember I was thinking in year three, I was like, you know what? The landscape has changed. It's still an oversaturated community, but that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean it, you know, you still can't produce. But I was like, I think five years will be a great way to cap things off and, and just to do something different. And then I was like, you know what? I don't know. I, 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 so I'm, I'm clearly I'm, I'm in year six. Um, I've signed on for another year, so I'll be doing the show uh, for the next year. I don't see, knock on wood, I don't, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. Uh, of course, I'm always going to cash out um, some podcast PTO. Um, so I wanted to say a, a few other things before we um, get into the docket and gold, silver, bronze. Um, Candace and Jeremy, like, I, 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 I really rock with them. And, you know, we share a mutual friend and, and Curtis and not a day goes by that I don't think of Curtis. Like Curtis was truly a friend of mine. Like that was my friend. Like, yes, we were podcast peers, but we developed a friendship. Like I could talk to Curtis and we could share, you know, just life experiences. And that was more important than the podcast stuff. But, you know, when we were in the podcast, you know, we put our podcast hats on. He gave very sound and sage advice. He was a great sounding board for me. But he was a great friend that just, you know, he understood me. And, you know, we're both Geminis. He really got me. And I really appreciate that. And, you know... I was very purposeful when I decided I wanted to do gay side stories, reimagine. I wanted to make sure that his legacy, that, you know, what he created is still here. It may not be in the form of him putting it out, but I wanted to pay homage to that. And you guys know from me, from when I came out the gate, like I've, I'm always about giving people their flowers. I'm always about paying homage. Like my thing is you borrow from the best and you make it your own. And I've stood on that for the bulk of my tenure of being a podcaster. And Candace had some really nice things to say about, you know, what we do, me and Rain with Gay Side Stories Reimagined. Um, and I, I, it really warmed my heart that she received it. I didn't do it for recognition. I did it because that was my friend and he brought such a great space with that to the podcast community. And I wanted to put my own spin on it. And I wanted people to know that Curtis will always, he's, he's always in my heart and I wanted to just have the world know that. So um, thank you, Candace. And I can't wait because Candace has been extended the invitation to join this is 30 the limited series that will be airing at the end or airing in the fall so i'm excited because i was a guest on ratchet ramblings and i had such a blast and i love what again i love what candace and i love what jeremy do um so yeah but there's that um so let's get into some personal effects i 
I am 23 days, so I'm three weeks away from turning 39. 39, nigga, 39. Like, I, this will be my last year in my 30s. And I look back and I'm like, I have, I'm, a, I'm a Gemini, so there's always a duality to me. I look at it two ways. I'm like, wow, where has time gone? 20 years since, you know, I was a baby because I was a young Thundercat. And then I'm like, in the same breath, I'm like, time moves so slowly. And I've just been reflecting, you know, I've been looking at old photographs. I've been just revisiting. I used to write in a journal. I used to journal and, you know, things of that nature. And I, I came across some old journals and some old pictures. And I was like, wow. Like, I look at those things and I'm instantly transported back to, you know, 2002, 2001. And I'm like, nigga, you have been out of high school for 21 years. Like, I'm looking at these pictures and I'm like, not a lot has changed. Like I've grown into my grown man body. Um, but outside of that, like, you know, a little wear and tear here and there, but nothing that's like, oh my God, like you look completely different. And I, I'm just like, wow, I am thankful. You know, I think I've always been about preventive maintenance when it comes to aging, because I, I know that it is something that is going to happen. And I've talked about on previous shows, you know, I'm no stranger to plastic surgery, but for the most part, you know, I, I approach, you know, aging gracefully. And I, I like, I, if you listen to the show, I always say I want to age like we're in state. And I'm hoping that, you know, I'm, I'm aging at, at, at a good rate. I like I said, I don't smoke. Um, I, drink but i'm a lightweight so the i think a big misconception is that i'm this big lush and i like a, i like a cocktail i do i like a cocktail socially i like a cocktail when i do this show um but i'm not several drinks like if i have a few cocktails like i said two or three and then even when I do the show, I don't I don't drink every weekend. Like most of the time, if I'm, you know, drinking socially, it's when I'm having bros weekend or if I go out. Like I'm not someone that has a drink or a cocktail with a meal. So that and then, you know, of course, I, I do like to work out. I'm all about fitness. Um, as I'm as I'm approaching 40. <laughs> I can't keep eating like a teenager. Like I've said this before, like I, I think my, my journey to, to get it together in that space is, is going good. Um, you know, we have our up days, we have our down days, but yeah, I'm just like, wow, like songs that come on, I'm like, damn, this song is 20 years old. And I, I'm just instantly taken back to those memories. Like I think one day I was listening to Spotify and Shuffle and Lumi D came up. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, yo, like I remember, like I vividly remember the summer of 2002, the summer of 2002, I was 19 years old. When I say I was peak young Thundercat, like I was peak young Thundercat. Like I, I didn't have a care in the world, you know, like I was in college, you know, I was physically arresting, you know, I, 
I had a stable of niggas that were at my beck and call that were just, you know, all about what whether they were trying to date me or fuck me or whatever. But I was like, okay. I was in my it boy era. Like, let me tell you this. Like, I was aesthetic, and that's what I've done. But yeah, I'm excited. Like, of course, the pandemic has, you know, slowed and stopped a lot of things. And for some reason, people think the pandemic is over. And I'm like, it's not over. We are adapting and we are dealing with this as it is a part of our normalcy, but it's not over. I'm still kind of taken back when I go into places and I am one of few people that has a mask. Like, let me say this, probably for the rest of my life, even if the pandemic is over, I am masked up poppy over here. That's just what it's going to be. But yeah, I just, I'm excited. Um, I don't think... The Carters are going to be at the um, Met Gala. Zendaya is not going to be at the Met Gala. I, I'm going to say this. I'm not here for the Kardashians. How they continue to get invites is beyond me, especially given Kim and Kanye aren't a thing anymore. Um, I'm looking forward to Kerry Washington. I'm looking forward to Sierra. Um, I want to say Chadwick Boseman gave us one of the best dress men at the Met Gala back in 2018. May he rest in peace. The men, for the most part, never nail it. It's always boring and uninteresting. There's a way to be classic and fresh, and there's the flip of being boring and reductive. And a lot of times this is done, or it's a disservice. But anyway, um, so next item on the docket, Elon Musk has bought Twitter. I had to do a Google search because I did not know what Elon Musk looked like. And then when I saw him, I was like, okay, he looks he looks like you're, and I'm not trying to be funny, he looks like you're run-of-the-mill middle-aged guy. Like, he just looks like that. He doesn't look particularly extravagant. He's not a good-looking man. He's not a bad-looking man. He's just there. So I was like, okay, all, all of that money spent on Twitter, those resources could have been put other places. I think I read somewhere where what he paid for Twitter, he could have, you know, ended homelessness or, or something to that effect. And I'm just like, it must be nice to just be able to throw around money for this frivol I'm drunk. Frivolously. And I'm just like, okay, like to each his own. I mean, go off, Elon. If, if you wanna fucking buy Twitter, like, hey, you know, I'm on my fourth Twitter account. Hopefully, you know, he's gonna loosen the reins with free speech and expression because again, nigga, I'm on my fourth Twitter account. Because I ruffle people's feathers by things that I tweet. And even with that, I've, I've taken a more low-key approach to Twitter. Like, I am like, 
everything is not a let me tweet this moment. Like my thing is I'm going to live tweet the shows I watch. I'm going to promote the podcast and I'm going to bookmark the uh, explicit porn on my timeline. And I'm going to read the, you know, reviews and music hot takes and all that good shit in the comic book um, news out there. And that's it. Like, I, I don't have time for the, you know, think peace Twitter. I ain't got time for pick me Twitter. I ain't got time for eyeshadow and poorly installed wigs Twitter. I ain't got time for toxic masculinity Twitter. I just ain't got time for that shit like i don't want to see it like i'm just like eh. so a lot of times i'm just scrolling and i'm just living in my mentions and, and that's what it is and i'm you know reaching out and tweeting people that i want to tweet and my thing is this like if we not cool stop liking my tweets like give me a break like i can see through the phony shit like be phony be on that groupie shit on your own you get nothing from me and, and that's just what it is. And if anybody feels a certain way that's listening to this, run, tell that to your, 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 your group chat. I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing me. I'm minding my black ass business. I don't care what y'all are doing. I really don't. Um, next item on the docket. Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is finally going to be here this Friday. I'm baby, I'm in there like swimwear. Scarlet Witch has been one of my fan favorites. Like I read the comics and the Avengers was not in my top 10, but I've read the comics and I've always had an affinity for Scarlet Witch. So to see her brought to life through the MCU, I've been here for it. Elizabeth Olsen bodies this role. She owns this role. WandaVision had me on the edge of my seat every fucking week. Um, Wanda was giving Thanos that work and endgame. Um, she gave mid Proxima Midnight that work in uh, Infinity War. So the trailers and all the spots for the Multiverse of Madness. I'm, and I, I'm excited. I'm like, I can't wait. Like, I will probably. <laughs> oh, we have some nigga shit. I'm probably gonna watch it twice back to back. So when the when the movie lets out, I'm gonna probably just like sprawl myself across some seats in the middle and just stay there until the next showing because I, I I want to see this movie. And I think a lot of people have been complaining about it because it's a little over two hours. And I'm like this. We can have a story told in that time frame and it still be effective. Um, a lot of times things are bloated and, you know, if you're watching it through, you know, a particular lens, you're like, ah, that could have been cut, that could have been reduced. And I think this is going to be the perfect amount of time for this movie. Um, I hope to see this with my good friend in front of the show, Andrew Westmoreland. But if that's not the case, hey, it's okay if I have to see it multiple times and I see it with him at a later time, that's fine. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, filing this next item under representation matters. Saucy Santana has signed to a major label and that major label is RCA Records, um, whose roster includes Christina Aguilera, Usher, Pink, uh, Britney Spears, 
uh, Doja Cat, a host of others. So that's that's a big deal. I I'm here for representation. I'm, I'm here for the inclusion and the equity and all those things you know that fall under that umbrella. Um, where I don't particularly how do I say this? I don't want to be rude and I don't want to punch anyone down. I am not Saucy Santana's demographic. And that's okay. Certain things you age out of. I I think it's great that he has the spotlight on him. Hopefully a major label is not going to stifle his creativity. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to necessarily have the crossover appeal that a little Nas X has, but here here's for hoping for the best. I think little Nas X and Saucy Santana are apples and oranges when it comes to artistry. Now I love the fact that you have these two dark skin, richly melanated, you know, musicians out there that have a buzz because we all know that colorism in the industry, whether it's music, fashion, the entertainment as a whole, that paper bag test, if you can't pass that paper bag test, it's not looking so hot for you. But, you know, apparently they have a collaboration coming out. And I typically like a lot of Lil Nas's X songs. Um, I don't love all of them, but there is a good deal that I like. And as far as Saucy Santana, um, I mean, I don't hate the music. It's just not for me. I think I think it's catchy to a certain type of listener. I just don't know if it has the mainstream punch that, you know, Nas has. But again, congratulations to him. This is definitely representation because 10, 15 years ago, we wouldn't have had openly out and proud musicians in the commercial space. Like I remember, like I'm, I'm dating myself. I remember like one of the first gay, openly gay rappers, and he was even on the um, underground, was Caution from, I want to say, 2002, 2003. And, you know, since then, of course, there's always going to be rumors and speculation out there. Um, trust me, there are gay rappers out here. There have been gay rappers out here for decades. Um, and I, I have, I can, I, I can attest to that to a degree because I'm not, I can't, Say what I want to say, not because of an NDA, just because of, you know, my personal beliefs. But trust me, there are gay mainstream rappers and singers in this industry that choose not to live in their truth or tell their truth or be as open and bold. And that's okay, but it's been going on. I'm just saying this. Niggas be gay. Women be gay. People be gay. Like, come on. People have always been gay. They always gonna be gay. Gay ain't gonna stop. Ain't no agenda. Keep it pushing. Move on. Um, last item to close it out. When I first started doing this show, you know, I would talk about my experiences with, you know, going on dates and, you know, I would always pepper it in with, you know, my previous experiences and, and, and relationships or what have you. And I realized 
that hasn't been much of discussion on the podcast for a good amount of time. A lot of that, you know, was kind of bogged down by the pandemic and then, you know, me entering these type of situations that don't come to be anything and they kind of fizzle out. And I'm just like, and there are times that I've called them on the show and I'm like, you know what? I, I'm done. I retire. I'm, I'm a confirmed bachelor. And then I'm like, you know what? I have one foot in the door still. So we're going to see what is, what's going to happen. Um, but I want to say with these last few weeks, I have just witnessed, you know, on the sidelines, great representations of love and loyalty and devotion and unconditional love. And not only has it warmed my heart, it has really allowed me to just not put any type of limitation on myself in the space of dating and romance. Um, and I probably had said this on the show before, but it bears repeating. I remember in 2010, I was 27. I had just broken up with a boyfriend I had been together with for a couple of months. And I was just like, what's next for me? 30 is right around the corner. I kept saying, you know what? I don't want to be 30 and single. And I don't know why I put, I don't know why I was conditioned or brainwashed to think 30 was so old. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be 30 and single. You know, I need to accelerate this and, and see what happens. And, and of course, eliminated and infected monkeys, that situation came to me. And I was like, and you're not supposed to regret any type of relationship. Everything is supposed to serve as a learning experience. I will say this. Had I not been so pressed to get into a relationship and be in a relationship by the time I hit 30, I would have probably not have even entered that relationship because that relationship was uh, like, I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse. That feels like a lifetime ago. But again, there was pressure on my unnecessary pressure on myself that I placed because I don't want to be 30 and single. Um, for some reason in the gay world, 30 is ancient. And I'm just like, Ugh, I, I look back and I roll my eyes that I was so concerned with that. And I'm right around the corner from 40. And if, I, if I'm 40 and I'm single, I'm okay because I'm in a different headspace. Of course, you grow, you evolve, you, you learn. You're a student of life. You're you know a citizen of the world. And if I'm single at 40, that's fine. If I'm single at 45, that's fine. If I happen to be single at 50, it is what it is. If it's if it's meant for me, it will come in my world. If it's not, I'm okay with that. I've been someone's boyfriend. I've been someone's fiance. You know, I've had the pleasure and, you know, opportunities to date some great men. I've 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 lived, I've learned, I've loved, you know, I've, I've loved. So if it never happens again, it's okay. Like it sucks because you guys know, or if you don't know, I'm a traditionalist. So, you know, I'm very relationship oriented, but 
you know, sometimes it's not in the cards for everyone. And I can't say, oh, I've got all these great examples of being in relationships and, you know, friends and family that have had that. So I've always been surrounded by that. It's not necessarily everyone's end game. Who knows? You know, my end game may be a later in life love. I don't know. I'm not pressured to. Produced by Rich Harrison. Peaked at number 23 on the Hot 100. And peaked at number 9 on the R&B Hip Hop Songs. Next. Tweet with Oops Oh My. The lead single from her debut album. Southern Hummingbird, released January 11, 2002, produced by Timbaland, peaked at number 7 on the Hot 100 and number 1 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs. Last and certainly not least, Ashanti with Foolish, the lead single from her debut album of the same name, released April 2, 2002, produced by Irv Gotti and Seven Aurelius. Peaked at number one on the Hot 100, as well as taking the summit position on the Hot R&B Hip Hop songs. So guys, let me know who gets your gold, who gets your silver, who gets your bronze. This one, I think if you're familiar with me, my gold shouldn't surprise you now. My silver and my bronze may, uh, but we'll, let's kick things off. I'm giving gold to Ashanti. Let me just say this. In 2002, outside of being obsessed with Janet Jackson and Christina Aguilera, I was also super duper obsessed with Alicia Keys and Ashanti. Like, I was big on Ashanti. I was like, yo, Ashanti is going to be here forever. Remember, 2002 had the great pleasure of being open for female R&B artists to thrive and soar before Beyonce really came through in 2003 with her official solo release. So prior to that, you know, the record labels was, was getting their art female artists out there and Ashanti, I, I don't know, Ashanti's debut album was motherfucking everything to me. Like, I I want to say I played that shit over and over and over again. I think I had to probably buy three different CDs because I played it, it so much. Like, Foolish, like, was my shit because, of course, 19-year-old John, I was dealing with some ancient-ass niggas and the niggas that I was really really feeling and going for you know the song just resonated i'm like my days are cool but i was just like you know what nah but gold now my silver i'm sorry my bronze no i'm drunk <laughs> don't judge me judge it takes like a step up um i'm giving my silver to tweet oops i'm sorry yeah tweet oops oh my let me just say this that was my shit. That was, that was my shit. This, remember, 2002 is when radio was crazy. Like, I think it was really, it was that small window of time before things went to digital sales. So it was radio, radio, radio. You could still buy singles. And Oops was like, this shit was, they played this shit on the radio. They played it on Urban. They played it on Top 40. They played this shit at least five times an hour. I was like, I like it. 
And I, it was so great to see a female artist at that time having such a rich, sumptuous complexion because for the most part, when we put out our female artists with the exception of Janet and Whitney, you know, most of them are passing a paper brown test, excuse me, a paper, a paper bag, a brown paper bag test. But Tweet was not passing that. She gave you a mature vibe. Like it was like, like we're young, but she's still hip, but she's still mature and it was edgy. And she's a gorgeous chocolate woman. And it was great to see that type of representation because again, we didn't see a lot of that. We didn't see solo female artists with such a, a rich, deep complexion. Um, so my silver goes to tweet. Like then the remix of Fab, oh, Chef's Kiss. So by by default, and only by default, in a very close silver, excuse me, a very close bronze, A Marie. Why don't we fall in love? Like everyone loves to say, oh, A Marie's Why Don't We Fall in Love is the true indicator that it's summer. And I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna let y'all rock with that. But I remember like hearing this album, one of my, at the time, one of my good girlfriends at the time, Destiny. And we're still friends since then. We're not as close as we were then, but we're still friends. And she put me on to A Marie. And I was like, I love this. Like I remember, like we would we would hang out and we would listen to this album. And I want to say, if I died in your arms was my favorite song off of that album. But I really liked "Why Don't We Fall in Love." And I remember seeing the video and like she she was a DC, she was a DC girl at the time. I was like, I'm a Maryland nigga. I receive this. I respond to it well. But yeah, I really loved that album. Um, I will say, at that time, I didn't really think about, hey, is A. Marie going to be here in 10 years? Hey, is Tweet going to be here in 10 years? I didn't think about that. But I can say, I knew, I was like, Ashanti is going to be here forever. And Ashanti is still here, and Tweet's still here, and, and A. Marie's still here. I want to say from the my lens, I feel like Ashanti is like still here, here, for the most part. Um, but yeah. But guys, this wraps up episode 270. I mean, I'm 30 episodes away from 300, which is a huge milestone. But, you know, the way I record and, and release, I don't know. Like, it'll probably be, it'll definitely be 2023 before episode 300 is out there. Um, perhaps, and this is a perhaps. Perhaps, you know, it'll be looming around the time of the seven-year anniversary. Who knows? But I want to thank you guys. Thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for supporting me because you don't have to and you do. And I'm so appreciative of that. Um, but again, I'm John Salvatore. I am your 